Welcome to this Peer Voice activity. To access the entire activity, including downloadable slides and transcript, go to www.peervoice.com forward slash NND. This independent learning activity is funded by Merck and Company Incorporated. Welcome to this activity focusing on the recent and long-term clinical evidence on the use of immunotherapy agents in frontline advanced non-small cell lung cancer. Let's start by looking at some of the treatment regimens for non-small cell lung cancer with no actionable mutations. Dr. Malowski, could you provide a few comments on this non-small cell lung cancer algorithm and highlight some notable points? Once you've ruled out a driver mutation such as EGFR, ELK, ROS, etc., patients are then sort of put into two categories. If they can tolerate or they have no contraindications to immunotherapy, we sort of look at those patients with high PDL1 expression, greater than 50%, and we start to think to ourselves, this would be a candidate for single agent uh, pembrolizumab and single agent uh, semilipumab. The other patients that are less than 50%, we want to combine chemotherapy to those single agent checkpoint inhibitors. The other regimen that's a combination of two uh, immunotherapy drugs, nivolumab and ipilimumab, and we add chemotherapy to, to that regimen. Thank you, Dr. Malowski. That transitions us nicely into the long-term evidence of the available monotherapy treatment options. Dr. Blay, would you please go over the latest evidence provided in Keynote 024's recent update? Uh, so this trial was uh, specifically made for this population with 50% or greater pdl one expression, and that really set the standard for, for this type of patient. And we can predict now that roughly one out of three patients will still be alive at five years, which is quite amazing. And um, from, from looking at the data from this trial, uh, it was noted that roughly uh, a third of patients had grade three to five adverse events, uh, but that's not specifically immune-related adverse events that we might be more uh, worried about. Thank you for that, Dr. Blay. How about Smiplomab's data? Uh, so in this trial as well, you see the uh, major difference in overall survival outcomes for patients treated with Smiplomab. Uh, the one difference between Keynote 024 and Empower Lung 1 is the absence of clear benefit in the first few months of treatment, but uh, if you go back to the Keynote 024 slide, you will see that uh, the, um, uh, the arms uh, differentiate very well from the start. So that might be a distinguishing factor, uh, but uh, in the overall scope of things, uh, I'm, I'm really impressed by semiplumab and pembrolizumab as a standard upfront regimen uh, for non-small cell lung cancer. Thank you again, Dr. Blay. Dr. Malowski, how about combination therapy with immunotherapy and chemotherapy? Would you be able to start off by explaining the findings from Keynote 189? Then we can move on to Keynote 407. Keynote 189 is in histology of non-squamous population. This is pd one of any, any amount, including no staining at all. And uh, just like Norman pointed out in the 024, believe it or not, we have five-year data. You can sort of see that those patients who got Pembro and chemo, the five-year overall survival uh, was almost close to 20%. So not the 30 that we saw in the keynote 024, um, but still uh, very, very uh, remarkable. 
407 now is going to be the squamous histology. And, you know, people sort of say, well, the curves don't look as good. And that's true. On the other hand, squamous is harder to treat. Nonetheless, you can see at the five-year, um, again, a really great five-year survival of almost 20%. Most of the checkpoint inhibitors, including Pembro, are really well tolerated. And yes, you have to be careful about, you know, some immune side effects and, and be, you know, educate your patients. But really, um, it's the chemotherapy that's the hard part. And again, four cycles in Keynote 407, we can do that. And then the patient can go on single agent Pembro and enjoy a, a very good quality of life. And what about the most recent data for combined nivolumab, ipilimumab, and chemotherapy treatment? Here now we've got two immunotherapy drugs. One's a nivolumab and the other is an, a CTLA inhibitor, and that's the ipilimumab. And the melanoma doctor showed that maybe that combination was important to get through the blood-brain barrier to the brain. The data for brain metastases patients is not very distinctive. Hazard ratios for progression-free survival and overall survival are very similar in the keynote trials compared to 9LA. So I'm not convinced about uh, a potential beneficial effect for brain metastases patient. One particular subgroup that really distinct is, is distinguishable in 9LA uh, subgroups is the very small subgroup of patients with squamous cell cancer and pdl one negative expression. So these patients seem to have uh, a very uh, particularly good outcome with the addition of ipilimumab. So if I were to pick one subgroup uh, with particular interest uh, for thinking about ipilimumab, it might be that one. I think this is an important regimen uh, for the patients who do not have any pdl one expression. And that's where I'm using it the most. So clearly, we have a wide range of options for mono and combined therapies for the treatment of non-small cell lung cancer. I know personally that when I have a patient with a high pdl one TPS or greater than 50%, there are some things I look at when I'm trying to decide if they'd be best suited to be treated with monotherapy or if I should add in chemotherapy along with immunotherapy. For instance, I consider their tobacco use history or if they have a driver mutation. I also consider how sick they are or how symptomatic their cancer is. Sometimes if a patient has a lot of symptoms, I'll add in chemotherapy, hoping to have a higher chance of getting a response and thereby helping them to feel better. Would the two of you be able to elaborate on some of the factors that you consider when selecting specific treatment regimens? So we look at the patient, we look at the performance status, we look at the age, we look at the histology, we look at how far they might live from the cancer center, what their home support is, we look at see if they're brain metastases, and again, we look at their PDL1 status. We certainly try to take a detailed history of any immune history. You know, did the patient have rheumatoid arthritis? Did the patient have psoriasis? Are they on thyroid pills? And all of those help us make decisions on what we're going to use, which regimen we're going to use, and if immunotherapy is contraindicated. I think you've pointed out correctly that most of us would prefer monotherapy uh, with pembrolizumab in the PDL1 overexpressor. So looking at the uh, effect of smoking uh, or non-smoking on um, the uh, efficacy of 
uh, immunotherapy combinations, uh, especially in patients uh, overexpressing PDL1 over 50%. And uh, we've discussed this in many uh, different venues in the past. And it, it had become clear by looking at Keynote 024, the first trial that published such, such data, that there might be an interaction between smoking status and efficacy of pembrolizumab. And if you look at this slide on the left, uh, you can see that the uh, former or current smokers uh, benefit seem to benefit more from pembrolizumab compared to chemotherapy, uh, whereas the never smokers uh, don't seem to have a differential effect. So moving you to the right part, the upper right part of this slide, uh, you see that the never smokers really distinguish themselves by uh, getting better outcomes by using Pembroke plus chemo compared to chemo, even compared to the current and former smokers. So uh, this has led to uh, a general belief and, and practical use of uh, chemo and pembrolizumab in patients that have never smoked before. So I tend to incorporate that in my practice and, and, and usually favor Pembroke plus chemo in my non-smoking PD-L1 overexpressing patients. So what about 9-LA? Is that a chemo-intense study or a chemotherapy-light study? Well, it's a chemotherapy-light study. And uh, this, this uh, subgroup analysis of Checkmate 9-LA actually shows that the never smokers uh, don't benefit uh, really well uh, from adding nivolumab and ipilimumab to the chemo. So if I were to have a non-smoking patient with PDL1 over 50, I would potentially avoid lesser chemotherapy uh, regimens and, and favor uh, regimens that use more chemotherapy and that Keno 1A9 didn't only use four cycles of chemotherapy, but also included maintenance pemetrexid, which might be really important for these patients. Thank you, Dr. Blay. While initial treatment is abundantly important, retreatment remains a key consideration in the long-term management of advanced non-small cell lung cancer. Dr. Malowski, could you review the evidence for pembrolizumab's mono and combined retreatment outcomes? Uh, there was two different cohorts. The first cohort was looking at patients in trials giving uh, pembrolizumab monotherapy. So 57 of those patients uh, were able to be analyzed uh, for who had stopped uh, their pembro monotherapy at two years and then recurred and had to be rechallenged. And you can sort of see from these 57 patients that got retried on pembrolizumab, their response rate was about 20%. So, um, you know, I think that's proof of principle that rechallenging after two years can actually work. Cohort 2 is a little bit more difficult. You see there's only 14 patients. It's so difficult to make any conclusions about 14 patients. If I can add, if, if patients are progressing within three months of the, uh, of the cessation of pembrolizumab, uh, I would expect those patients that, uh, to, to not have a response. Whereas patients that progress more than six months after their last dose of pembrolizumab, I would have a higher expectation. And that's what I usually see in my practice. These patients tend to respond better. Yeah, that's a great point. This is a very exciting time to be treating patients. Immunotherapy is now the backbone of all of our first-line treatment options. It's great to have choice where you can, for instance, use less chemo or more chemo. 
or you can chase different endpoints depending on patient factors and disease factors, looking at subgroup analyses from the different trials. Thank you all so much for this productive panel discussion. This has been an activity published by Peer Voice.